Hello, this is Mark Brown for Beyond the Room at the Charlie Warren Memorial Trust Information Evening 2019. Tonight's subject is teenagers and mental health, and I'm here with John Coleman. I'm a psychologist, and uh, my main interest is adolescents, teenagers. So, so you, you're on the running order as topic the teenage brain. Yes. I realise we've only got a couple of minutes. What, what is it you're going to talk about in regards to this, this mysterious other place, the teenage brain? Well, one of the key things that's happened over the last 15, 20 years is that we've learned a huge amount about the changes that take place in the teenage brain. Before the year 2000, it was believed that the brain stopped developing at the end of childhood. And as a result of scanning, we've learned that there are major changes taking place during the teenage years. In fact, up to sort of mid-adult, mid-young adulthood, age 25. So this is really important. And if we have a sense of what these changes are, this can really help both in the family, in the school, uh, and in the workplace. So what I'm going to be talking about is, first of all, talking about what the changes are, why they're significant, and particularly I'm going to emphasise the fact that some of these changes are really positive. In other words, they enable intellectual development, they enable scientific reasoning, they enable better communication, better memory and so on. So there's lots of really positive things. But also because of the changes and because of the reorganization or restructuring of the brain, there are times when the upheaval is quite difficult for teenagers to manage. And that explains some of the puzzling behaviour, some of the mood swings, some of the irritability, and also some of the times when teenagers do things without really thinking about the consequences or being aware of the consequences, and and people describe this as risk-taking behaviour. I think it's more complicated than that, but I think we have to recognise that there are both really positive things going on but there are also some times when it, it's, it's, a, it's a struggle for young people. And so that's essentially what I'm going to be emphasising. I'm also going to be talking about the work that I'm doing with the Trust, with the Charlie Waller Memorial Trust, um, in developing a workshop for parents about the teenage brain. Super interesting. So, so teenagers, like the rest of us, live in a context. They live in a place and a time and a set of situations. Thinking about the implications of what your research and other colleagues' research has shown, what is it we're not doing very well to kind of incorporate this this amazing period of transformation that's happening inside young people's heads? What is it we're not doing very well at? Well, I think the first thing, which I find very striking when I work with teachers or with parents, is that there's actually a lack of understanding of what is going on. Parents, teachers, they don't know because they simply aren't being provided with the information. We are very poor at providing support and good quality information about this age stage. Lots of stuff about the early years. You can find dozens of books about toddlers and about infancy. How many books do you find? How many television programs do you find about teenagers unless they're highlighting some really negative stuff? So I think one of the things we're not, to answer your question, we're not doing well is we're simply not educating the adults, the key adults, about the changes. And teenagers say to me, you know, if only my parents understood a bit more about what's happening to me, this would make things so much easier. So that's, I think, number one. 
I also think we need to think about the curriculum in schools because surely we ought to be, you know, help, instead of, well, as well as geography and maths and whatever, you know, there should be part of the curriculum which helps young people understand what's happening to them. And I spoke only yesterday to a large audience in Bedfordshire, 250 people from schools, and, every, and I was talking about the brain and brain development for the teachers, and so many people raised their hands and said, well, this is great, but why aren't you doing this for, t- for the students themselves? So I think that's a set better understanding and thinking about the curriculum would be a real, a real breakthrough. That's an absolutely fantastic um, manifesto to set out. The, the final thing I, I would kind of ask you is, we know, we know a, an amount about what you might call mental illness, mental health, psychopathology, all of that stuff. We don't really know much about the average young person's yes, brain. Is, 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 is that... Yes, well, that's absolutely right. I mean, there are, of course, huge individual differences, and we know that there are a proportion who who do really struggle, of course. Um, But you're right, the focus is on mental health, on, on the problem areas. And, you know, actually, your average teenager has rows with their parents, struggles with their friends, does all those things, but actually does reasonably well. All the evidence shows that the greatest number actually do get through this stage very well. Um, So you're absolutely right. We also know, I should add, that good environments, supportive environments, really help healthy brain development. And this is something that I share with Professor Russell Foster. You know, our absolute conviction, because all the research shows, that, you know, we can really make a difference by providing good, supportive environments and encouraging healthy brain development. Well, I, for one, would like to see that happen as soon as possible. Thank you for that. That was excellent.